Hello and welcome to the second episode of Queercast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what it means to be trans. And using my own experiences, I'll attempt to explain what it feels like to be trans. And I'll explain why I said attempt a little later on in the episode as well. So, let's talk about the trans identity. What does trans mean? As stated on GLAD's website, GLAD is an LGBTQ organisation which works to tackle hate and defamatory coverage on queer people. Transgender is an umbrella term for people whose gender identity differs from the sex they are assigned at birth. This includes trans men, trans women, agender, non-binary and all non-binary sub-identities. Most trans people experience gender dysphoria. It's often shortened to just dysphoria, but usually you can tell from context whether it's specifically gender dysphoria or not. Gender dysphoria is the disconnect between one's mind and body, and the gender they are assigned at birth. Not all trans people experience gender dysphoria, but a lot do, and unfortunately there is no cure. But there are ways to alleviate symptoms. This can be through either socially transitioning and or medically transitioning. Socially transitioning is usually the first step trans people take after coming out. This is when they may change their name, their pronouns, uh, haircut, and the way they dress. And some may choose to go through voice training to alter the way their voice sounds without medically transitioning. It's important to remember that no one is the same, so transitioning can look different for every trans person. In turn, social transitioning and medical transitioning journeys can look different for all trans people too. Some people may only socially transition and only change their pronouns. Some may change their name, their pronouns and how they dress. And some people may medically transition in different ways too. Some trans people choose to medically transition. For trans men or AFAB people, AFAB means assigned female at birth. And in instances like this, it can be used to refer to non-binary trans people who are assigned female at birth. But it's also a way of grouping together people with the same experience of being assigned female when they were born, no matter what gender identities they may have. This could include HRT or hormone replacement therapy, which for trans men would mean going on testosterone, getting top surgery, the removal of breast tissue, and possibly nipple repositioning, as some people prefer to have a nippleless chest and some don't. Bottom surgery, which, like top surgery, is a way of grouping together different surgeries that all have the same general result. For bottom surgery, this is having male genitals, but each surgery produces different results. Sometimes, medically transitioning can include hysterectomy, which is the removal of the womb. Medically transitioning for trans women and AMAB people, like AFAB, AMAB means assigned male at birth, and it is the male equivalent of AFAB can include HRT, but instead of going on T, trans women would go on E, or estrogen, bottom surgery to create female genitalia, breast augmentation, FFS, or facial feminization surgery, laser hair removal, and a tracheal shave to reduce the size of the Adam's apple. Transitioning isn't a mandatory part of being trans, but for those who do, it happens at different rates and in different ways. Hopefully by reeling off a list of ways to medically transition, I have started to show you that asking trans people whether they've had the surgery is a misinformed question, as there are many ways to transition. It's also important to realise that it's not your right to know whether a trans person has medically transitioned and how. 
If they want you to know, let them tell you, but don't ask questions like that as it's really unnecessarily invasive. So, what does it feel like to be trans? Since coming out, I've been asked numerous times how I knew I was trans. It's a hard question to answer because, whilst for some people there are physical signs throughout their life that point to them being trans, for myself and many others, our signs were internal, not spoken aloud for fear of rejection or embarrassment, or simply because it seemed not worth the fuss. Which I now realise was completely worth the fuss, and would have made coming out just a little easier. But hey, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Whether there's a million signs or not, articulating transness is difficult because it's almost an indescribable feeling, a gut instinct that this is who we are. Yet, this doesn't help our friends understand how we came to this conclusion, or reassure our loved ones that this is the right path for us to take, and not a misguided inclination. I've heard of many trans people who say they knew they were not the gender they were assigned at birth. Trans men who knew when they were a young child that they were a boy despite being told they were a girl. I, on the other hand, knew at around age three that I wanted to be a boy. Not that I was, but that I wish I could be. So badly. So many nights in my younger years spent quietly crying in my room at night wishing that I could wake up as a boy, because that is what I wanted so desperately. But as a child in the early 2000s with zero or at least a very minuscule amount of trans representation in the media, and certainly not in the media I was consuming, I had no idea that being trans was a thing. So it seemed like a hopeless dream that was better off being pushed to the back of my mind where I would eventually forget about it. As easy as it seems to forget about this, I now realise that subconsciously it was still on my mind throughout my life. The feeling of never fitting in and not knowing why was carried with me for 19 years, till I finally understood that I was trans in the summer of 2020. Being trans is an interesting experience, especially when you're blind to your transness for so long. I think many trans people, whether they know they're trans or not, spend a huge portion of their childhood not fitting in. I was surrounded by girls throughout mine, from an all-girls primary school to an all-girls secondary school, and I never felt like I belonged with them. I didn't know why, but I just knew that I wasn't the same. And not in a, I'm not like other girls sort of way. (laughs) I felt more like myself with the boys, yet I always felt alienated because I wasn't exactly like them. I was the one girl in a group of guys. The alienated feeling didn't stop when social settings were removed, because no matter how many things you take away, I will always have my body, and my body was not my home. The strange thing is that even though, for many years, these thoughts of being trans were so far to the back of my mind, the even feelings that were notions to my transness didn't make me realise I was trans. Still, the power of transness caused me to experience pain about my gender, even if I couldn't make the direct link to the cause of the pain. I used to wish I could have a man's body and a flat chest and to stand up when I peed because no matter how much I subconsciously suppress these feelings, they always found a way to affect me. It's hard to explain the feeling of knowing you're trans as I've learned from experience almost any explanation of things that make you trans can be given a sichet spin to turn painful experiences into mundane answers. I remember how badly I wished I could have a flat chest being jealous of men or female models I'd see in magazines and online that had boobs so small they were practically flat-chested, how much I hated going for bra fittings or having to wear a bra at all, the feeling in my stomach when I'd see my reflection or look down and see my clothes flowing over my chest, yet so simply that could be chalked up to having a bigger chest and wanting a breast reduction. Such a mundane answer. 
I understand this isn't completely mundane, as having a breast reduction is still a big decision, but to turn an experience rife with sadness into a simple answer that many bigger chested women may consider at some point in their life is missing the point completely. When you're trans, you remember how you felt through all of the dysphoric moments in your life. Because they stick out like thorns in your life's timeline as sharp, painful reminders that you had to enjoy years of looking in the mirror and not seeing yourself. But what does it feel like to be trans? It feels like confusion. Like you're wearing a costume of a stranger, but you know it's your own body, yet every time you see your reflection or hear yourself talk, you see them and not yourself. It feels like something is missing, a question unanswered, but you don't even know the question, so how could you even know the answer? When you're going through what some like to call a gender crisis, it feels like maybe you're stumbling across the answer, but you have to reassess your whole life to make sure that this is the right answer. I feel like many trans people experience a stage of denial and fear when they start to realise that they're actually trans, but now this means that they have to come out to people and turn their life upside down, in a sense. The contemplation of whether you could live as cis and avoid the hassle when deep down you know this is what you need to do to feel happier and comfortable is a feeling I remember all too well. The most monumental part of my journey in coming out to myself and happened on the floor of the shower in tears when I realised what this meant for my future and how scared I was about it. I think some people question the validity of your transness when you first come out because they worry that maybe you've jumped the gun a little, but what they don't understand is how long we've spent in our heads working this out. I realised I was trans in two months. I have friends who spent a couple years questioning their gender, but despite the shortness of my gender crisis, shall we say, I spent about 70% of the time I was awake each day thinking about something that linked to my gender. Countless nights spent watching back-to-back videos on YouTube from trans YouTubers about their journeys. Hours spent looking in the mirror, calling myself new names and new pronouns to see if they felt right. Googling how to make myself look more masked. Days spent in my head driving myself insane going back and forth about every little thing. From an outsider's perspective, it seemed like a rush decision, but in reality, I thought about every possible thing I could, contemplated everything, making sure I knew what I wanted. As much as I contemplated everything at the start, after a certain point the fog cleared and it just felt right, but I continued to contemplate just to double check that I was right. It's hard to explain when you get that feeling of clarity, but for me it just seemed like everything made sense. I began remembering more experiences from when I was younger that affirmed my transness. Things went from, could I live with my chest this way? If I tried hard enough, I could probably be okay with it, right? To, I can't wait to be flat chested. I know this is what is going to make me so much more comfortable with my body. Denial and confusion disappeared and the pieces of the puzzle fit together, not to be cliche about it. The unfortunate thing about finally understanding your trans is that everything that made you dysphoric goes from being a subconscious feeling or one you just don't understand to one with an answer that is now ever more present in the forefront of your mind. They become everything that makes you different from those whose gender you share. They become things that you notice all the time. The things you try to hide or change because the shift to the front of your mind makes you ever more aware of their existence and the pain they cause you. No more blissfully unaware of why I was jealous of the male physique. Now I'm aware of all the ways my body is different from a cis man's. I think the longer you've been out as trans, the longer you're able to accept your differences. 
Yes, there are days where the smallest things will make me dysphoric, but most of the time I'm able to accept the uniqueness of my trans body. Although there are always things that I'm dysphoric about every day, unfortunately. Learning about the trans identity and hearing trans stories is one of the best ways one can understand trans experiences. Understanding the emotion and complexity of trans experiences and what we go through internally helps lead to acceptance of trans people, as, you know, people can connect more with real lived experiences. As a community, our ability to bond over shared experiences whilst having such contrasting and unique existences is one of the things that makes queerness and transness so beautiful. So, if you're trans, don't worry if your story is wildly different to mine. No one trans person is the same. If you're cis, remember that too. We may share certain similarities, but this is just one of many experiences to learn about. Since recording the episode back in February, I have actually stopped identifying as a trans man. Ever since I came out, I've felt the pressure to keep up with cis men, in a way. Pressure from myself, mainly, to act and look as cis as is physically possible being pretty. This may just be a way for me to cope with my dysphoria until I'm able to start HRT and get top surgery, but it also may be a sign that I've become more comfortable with my identity and my existence. At least for now, I'm a lot happier existing out of the confinement from gender expectations, and just existing as me out of the binary, away from the pressure to be something specific. And it's a massive weight off my shoulders, and my mind really. I use they, he pronouns and identify, if I must, as transmasculine. I'm no less trans for changing my identity, I'm not confused, just understanding what makes me comfortable and happy. Zara, this episode is dedicated to you. Thank you for asking me to cover this topic. If it weren't for you, this episode likely would not exist, and I hope in some way, however big or small that may be, I've helped you to articulate what it feels like to be trans the next time a friend asks. If, like Zara, you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to see me cover, then head over to atqueercast.pod on Instagram and let me know. Today's quote is from a very influential trans person in history, Christine Jorgensen, the first trans person to become well-known in America for having, as they called at the time, sex reassignment surgery. After receiving an orchiectomy, a form of bottom surgery, in Copenhagen, she wrote in a letter to friends, As you can see by the enclosed photos taken just before the operation, I have changed a great deal, but it is the other changes that are so much more important. Remember the shy, miserable person who left America? Well, that person is no more, and, as you can see, I'm in marvellous spirits. A pioneer for gender-affirming surgery, she definitely captured the importance of gender-affirming healthcare for trans people from day one. Till next time.